Hi everyone and Happy New Year to you. It's my privilege this morning to speak from the scriptures and we're returning to the book of Daniel. Uh, before the Alpha course we started a series on Daniel and uh, we would encourage you to read the scriptures along with us. Daniel is a book that neatly falls into two parts. We've looked at chapters 1 to 6, describing the amazing events of Daniel's life and the life of his friends, how they were taken into captivity in Babylon, his rise to prominence, his interpreting of dreams, his faithfulness to God, and the challenges they faced, Daniel in the lion's den, his three friends in the fiery furnace. Part two of Daniel, it changes. We'll be looking at chapters seven to 12 in the coming weeks, and they describe the visions, the dreams that Daniel has about the future. Part one of Daniel, he is described as he, it's describing the events, what happened, its narrative and story. Part 2, chapters 7 to 12, Daniel talks about I, as if we're reading his diary. It's apocalyptic, it's visual, it's what he saw, it's what God showed him. And in that, the visual dominates. Having interpreted dreams for others, Daniel now has his own dream. And we're going to listen to chapter 7, read for us now. Daniel's dream of four beasts. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was lying in bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. Daniel said, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me were the four winds of heaven churning up the great sea. Four great beasts, each different from the others, came out of the sea. The first was like a lion. It had the wings of an eagle I watched until its wings were torn off and it was lifted from the ground so that it stood on two feet like a human being and the mind of a human was given to it. And there before me was the second beast, which looked like a bear. It was raised up on one of its sides and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, get up and eat your fill of flesh. After that I looked and there before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard and on its back it had four wings like those of a bird. This beast had four heads and it was given authority to rule. After that in my vision a night I looked and there before me was the fourth beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth, it crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the former beasts and it had ten horns. While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little one, which came, which came up among them, and three of the first horns were rooted before it. This horn had eyes like the, like the eyes of a human being, and a mouth, and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow, the hair of his head was white, as, was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, 
coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. Then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. The other beasts had been stripped of their authority but were allowed to live for a period of time. In my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with, clouds, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. I've entitled this talk, Let Hope Grow. Let hope get into your soul. I wonder if you've asked the question recently, what's going on? What's the world coming to? What does the future hold? Well, if you've asked those questions, this message is for you. Daniel 7 is set at a very significant time. One of the key verses we overlook is verse one. In the year that Belshazzar became king of Babylon, in his first year. That's significant because King Nebuchadnezzar has died. And it was a time of uncertainty. This new self-indulgent playboy prince had become king. There was a time of anxiety. That empire that had stood for 70 years was crumbling and it was a time of foreboding, an anxious present and an uncertain future. What was going to happen? As I looked at this passage this week, it reminded me of Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah, at a time of great uncertainty, when King Uzziah died, he had a vision of the Lord sitting on his throne. And similarly, Daniel goes to bed and he has a dream with all this uncertainty and anxiousness around him. And we may be tempted to feel that way right now in the midst of all that we're walking through at this time of the pandemic, of lockdowns, of things that we've seen on the news in this past week, scenes in America. We'll all have anxious thoughts all have fears. What does the future hold? What is the world coming to? And into that situation and into those questions, God speaks and he speaks through his word. And to Daniel in this context, he speaks through a dream. I don't know if you dream a lot at night. Can you recall them in the morning? And sometimes dreams can be just weird maybe depending on how much cheese we've eaten the night before. We can dream about the oddest things, but we also know that God can speak through dreams. And this is something that Daniel knew all too well. He'd interpreted dreams before. So what did he see in his dream? Well, the dream falls into two parts as well. 
Part one seems a bit of a nightmare to me. It's horrible, it's threatening. There's beasts coming up from below, from the sea. But part two is comforting and encouraging as he looks up and he sees the Lord is in control. He sees a vision of the Ancient of Days. He sees a vision of the Son of Man. So part one, the nightmare. He sees three beasts at first. These are extraordinary creatures. First, there's a lion with eagle's wings. And then the wings are torn off and the lion stands upright on two feet. Another beast, a bear with three ribs in its mouth. And then there's a third beast, like a leopard, but with four wings on its back. It has four heads and it was given authority to rule. And then he sees a fourth beast. But this fourth beast, he describes no resemblance to animals. It just appears and it's terrifying, frightening and very powerful, crushing and devouring its victims. Real nightmare stuff. This fourth beast has 10 horns and then another horn emerges with human eyes and had a mouth that spoke boastfully. In verse 15 of this chapter, we're told that Daniel, within the dream, asks for an interpretation of what he had seen. The four beasts are kings or rulers, empires that rise from the earth. Not unusual to see empires represented by animals. Indeed, the own coat of arms for the British Empire includes a lion and a unicorn. What Daniel sees scares him. But Daniel is assured in his dream that God's people will receive a kingdom that will never pass away, that will last forever and ever. He spends time asking about the fourth beast particularly. It was different from the others and the most terrifying. It waged war against God's people in his dream until it was finally judged and destroyed by the Ancient of Days. The other apocalyptic book in the Bible that we know is the book of Revelation at the end of the New Testament, where John sees visions given about the end times. And the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation are very closely related, connected. We get a glimpse of what's going on behind the scenes in the spiritual realm. That cosmic battle between good and evil, between God and the devil, and how Jesus wins, how he triumphs. The Lamb wins is the declaration in Revelation. And in chapter 13 and 14 of Revelation, John sees two beasts not dis too dissimilar to that which Daniel sees in his dream in chapter 7. One is a hybrid beast resembling a leopard with the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. And then there's another terrifying beast that John sees in his vision that has a number, 666. These beasts waged war against God's people and led people astray, but they do not prevail. Now there's been so much debate and speculation 
about these visions that Daniel have and John has in Revelation, what do they represent? The traditional interpretation of Daniel 7 is that they represent the Babylonian Empire, the Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire. We've seen this in chapter 2 of Daniel, if you remember, the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had about this amazing statue that was made of gold and silver and bronze and iron that had feet of clay, representing those great empires. Others have speculated that these empires represented maybe more modern ones. I've uh, read even this week of people who've thought it included perhaps the British Empire or the Soviet Union or even the European Union. No one knows. I think it's wise for us to keep in mind the big picture that God is wanting us to see in this. We all tend to read the scriptures through uh, the lens of our own times. We know that empires come and go. We've seen them come and go. Superpowers come and go. I've always personally had a fascination with maps and globes and atlases. I love to look at them. Yet you look at a globe or an atlas over 10 years old, 50 years old, 100 years old or more, you'll see how the boundaries change. Empires come, empires go. Empires that covered much of the world that you would have thought at the time would last forever, do not. Imagine for a moment how others around the world right now might interpret these verses. What do these beasts represent? Ask a North Korean Christian. Ask an Iraqi Christian who has lived through the oppression of ISIS in the last years. Ask a believer in China. Yes, we are to keep alert to the signs of the times, but the key thing in all of these things is to stay close to Jesus and to keep our eyes upon him and his kingdom and his expecting return. The fourth terrifying beast represents evil. John the Apostle, when he talks in his letter, he describes such a beast as an antichrist. He says, antichrist will come in the days before the end. Anti means against, but it also means instead of, an antichrist instead of Christ. Think of those statues in North Korea that people are forced to worship. It's anti-Christ instead of Christ. Finally, we come to part two of the dream. At last, the comfort and the reassurance that God gives. Verse 9, it says, Daniel looked and I saw thrones set in place and the Ancient of Days took his seat. I love that title, the Ancient of Days. And notice the similarity of Daniel's vision to John's vision in Revelation chapter 1. Daniel describes the Ancient of Days as having clothing as white as snow, hair as white as wool, blazing fire coming before him, and thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000s attending him. The whole of heaven. 
In Revelation 1, Daniel, uh, John sees a vision of Jesus, a golden sash around his chest, hair white like wool, as white as snow, and eyes of blazing fire. The Ancient of Days, the one who was and is and is to come, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the everlasting one. The assurance that Daniel receives in the midst of uncertainty and anxiety is that God is in control. Daniel hears how the Ancient of Days brings judgment upon the beasts and destroys them once and for all. Daniel sees also one like the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven, given all authority, glory and sovereign power. Remember Jesus in Matthew 28 says, all authority has been given to me. And in his dream, Daniel sees all nations, people of every language, worshipping before the throne of God. His kingdom, his rule, his reign will never pass away. Who is this son of man? We know him. His name is Jesus. He is our hope. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And we also know that the Son of Man was Jesus' favourite title for himself. In Luke's Gospel alone, it's mentioned 27 times. The Son of Man comes to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. And in Luke 21, verse 27, Jesus says, You will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with great, great power and great glory. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, at his trial before the Jewish authorities, the high priest challenges Jesus, demands a response from Jesus. Are you the Christ, he says? Are you the Son of God? And Jesus replies, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One, and coming on the clouds of heaven. Daniel sees this amazing vision of the Ancient of Days and the Son of Man. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Jesus is coming again, and he will make all things new. All evil will be destroyed once and for all, all beasts. I love that picture of Jesus coming on the clouds. Don't know if you've ever flown on an aeroplane and had that experience of lifting off from the earth. And as the plane goes through the clouds, you suddenly emerge into this beautiful, brilliant light. The sun shining in all its brilliance. It's as if Daniel sees that difference as he looks up and he sees the God of heaven the Ancient of Days and the Son of Man. We are encouraged to look up. There is so much uncertainty and anxiety around us and we could be overwhelmed with it. But God speaks to us through his word and encourages us that he is in control. The Son of Man will come riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, 
Heaven will come. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus has conquered all opposition, all evil on the cross and through his resurrection. And we live in the light of that, filled with his Holy Spirit. We are the people of God. And there's this wonderful verse in Daniel 7, verse 27. The sovereignty, power and greatness of the kingdoms will be handed over to the people of God. That's us. Empires and superpowers always overreach themselves. They boast about who they are and how long they will last. But they never do. Hitler himself boasted that his Reich would last a thousand years. It was gone in less than 20. Yes, superpowers come and go. Rulers come and go. Empires come and go. But the kingdom of our God will last forever. So let hope grow in us today. Let hope get hold of our very heart and soul as we lift our eyes to our sovereign God, the ancient of days, the son of man, Jesus, our savior. What does the future hold? We're not sure, but we know who holds the future. What is the world coming to? Well, we know the answer to that because Jesus is coming back again to make all things new. In times of uncertainty, we can be certain about Jesus. May God bless you and may you be filled with his joy today, knowing that he is sovereign and in control. Amen.